wrestling fans, it's Quick Charisma. Hey, that's me. Today I'm with Jeremiah Plunkett. Yellow again, everybody. Jeremiah Plunkett and Quentin Charisma. By golly, we're smack dab on ringside. And son of a gun, we're ready for another big week of the Territorial Wrestling Review Podcast. Quentin? What's going on? Oh, man, another day in paradise. How are you doing, my friend? I'm hanging in there. Just um, hanging in there. That's all I can say. <laughs> like a hair on a biscuit. Like a hair on a biscuit and a, a worm in, in your inside your corn. You know, when you eat corn on the cob? Uh, never mind. <laughs> no, no, never found worm in my corn on the cob. Yeah. Huh? Hold on. You live in Las Casas, and you've never had... Hey, K-Fate Oh, Las Casas. <laughs> uh, Tater Peeler. I mean, Tater Peeler. Sorry. Yeah, K-Fate, <laughs> brother. I, I, I can... You mean to start over? <laughs> no, no. We're good. Out. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Sorry Jesus. about that. <laughs> Oh, man. I, <laughs> hey, everybody, Quentin Charisma's home address is. <laughs> Sorry about that. I wasn't even thinking, man. <laughs> That's a way to start it off. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I don't even know where I'm. Okay. I'm just taking His social security number is. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. We're on uh, show number 25. We're still. Uh, we're still putting on along. Uh, we're doing the yeah, show number 25. So, man, that's that, we're almost a half a year. I know, man. I was looking at it. I was like, dang, we're really doing something. I don't think I've did anything 25 things consecutively in a row, you know, without some big long delay in between. Because I'm horrible at starting something and not finishing. Anyway, we're doing the CWA Memphis TV show uh, from uh, June 20th, 1987. As always, it's Evansville, Indiana feed. Some means it was taped in Memphis on, and I did not write it down. It would have been uh, June 13th. <laughs> I looked down, I was like, I got taped in Memphis on, and, it's, I, and there's a blank. <laughs> oh, I can already tell this is going to be a fun episode. I know. Uh, so we almost get a complete opening um, with the graphics and the music. Lance Dave at the desk, Lance with the greeting. Uh, I don't know if he had any Lance-isms or not, did he? Nothing that stood out to yeah, me. Yeah, I didn't think so. He's, he hadn't had a really, nothing, yeah, nothing standing out in the last few, in a while, really, on the opening. Well, so. I, after watching this show, this wasn't one that I was excited about, so. Yeah. So Dave gives the today's lineup. He's got Moondog versus Bucky Siegler, Stretcher Jack Hart against Jeff Jarrett, Lawler and then Dundee in a tag match later on, and singles match will have Tony Burton against Phil Hickerson, and then an eight-man tag match with... Uh, Mark Starr, Billy Travis, Rocky Johnson, Big Bubba versus Paul Diamond, Pat Tanaka, Tojo, and Mr. Shima, and they cut to a break. So they're really getting behind this uh, Big Bubba babyface push. I mean, they're rubbing them up against Rocky Johnson. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, but if you actually, when we get to the match, though, it's oh, I mean, yes, <laughs> obviously. It's like um, you know, uh, yeah, it's yeah. But anyway, so I come back to the studio, Lance is standing, and out comes Bruno and Spot. And while they're walking out, Lance says, they had an incredible week of title happenings. I guess that means changes. Uh, Traff and Star, the new Southern Tag Team Champs. Uh, new Southern Heavyweight Champ is Jerry Lawler. And the new Mid-America Champ is Moondog Spot. And thank God. How many times have we just been like, oh, I guess this, this person won the belt? Yeah. 
Thank God they finally covered it. I know. It's Which, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. They hadn't even mentioned Spot yet and him or walking out with the belt. Yeah. <laughs> but still, at least they were making an effort to cover it. I know. It's like, yeah, because, I mean, good gosh. That's when one of the main things we've, you know, complained about was there's, you know, they don't tell when somebody wins a belt or gets their head shaved or... <laughs> oh, except for I mean, you can cover that, that at the beginning of the show, too. Yeah. You know, Dave could be like, we do have an exciting show tonight. We have a new Mid-America Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. Well, they used to do that a lot. And I don't know. Like I said, I just... It seemed like... I don't think Jerry Jarrett at the time was really... Invested. Well, he wasn't showing up to TV. Yeah. As we'll find out. So... But I just, um, I don't know. So I think around this time is when he, I think it's, I could be wrong, but I think it's around the time he started his construction company. So I think he was really, or, you know, I think it's around the time period, if I can remember back, because I remember. And, you know, really relying on uh, Eddie Marlin and Jerry Lawler to run things. Yeah. And then, yeah, basically. And then, I still, man, I don't and I still think Dundee's not... I think he's booking, but not fully. I just... I don't know. Because it's up and down, it seems like. But anyway. Uh, let's see. So, Bruno and, uh, comes out. He's, he's, he's on a cane. Bruno says he sprained his ankle because Bubba was chasing him all around the building. Uh, Bruno says Jeff Jarrett has embarrassed his family. He says Jerry Jarrett and Eric Marlin... Eddie Marlin don't want anything to do with him and have left the country because they're so embarrassed of Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of, I don't know, he maybe he got his head shaved or something, but it's like, it, I don't know, I think they, it just doesn't sound like nobody was giving direction even on the interviews when they go out, you know, all right, plug this, plug this, you know. I think they're just saying, all right, go out there. Yeah, just just go out and fill this time. Yeah, because it really there was nothing, no really meaning in you know. Uh, so basically, I didn't really put. Um, uh, that's about all. Put that you know, and and then they talk about the um, they plugged the uh, bone on the pole match, and they said it's the first one to ever happen in this area. Which I don't know. I'm sure. I'm thinking. I'm sure they've had one before that. With the, you know, especially that big. Long feud they had with the Fabs, you know? Yeah, in Memphis, uh, well, heck, as we'll find out in a little bit, likes putting stuff on a pole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. Vince Russo says he grew up on WWWF, but by his booking, you would think it was Memphis. Because he well, liked those pole matches, too. Well, if you, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, you know, CWA was syndicated. I didn't know that. Uh, yes. Um, but it wasn't like weekly. You know what I'm saying? It was stuff behind Because like them, World Class, Florida, uh, they were all over the place. Because these, cha these channels had to have, um, you know, back in the early 80s and stuff, they had to have uh, stuff to air. Because that's why, I mean, I've, I, I know a lot of the... Uh, Florida tapes I got, my early 80s Florida tapes, a lot of that footage was recorded off from New York TV. New York TV stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
So I don't know if they were all the way up in, if, if you know, uh, Jarrett's was all the way up in, you know, showed in um, um, New York or not. But, and I don't think it was, uh, the stuff that was, you know, syndicated out, it wasn't up to date. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like uh, your weekly town, you know, it could have been months and stuff behind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just stuff that it got sent out to, to fill time on stations that needed, you know, needed some of the air. So, it's smaller stations, you know, not your, um, not your network stations, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, uh, but you're, I know, you're like local stations. Yeah, because I know, like, one of the uh, Florida tapes I got, <laughs> it was on a Spanish station in New York. <laughs> and when they cut the commercial, you could see, um, a lot of, sometimes they didn't have a commercial, so it would just have the the screen, excuse me, the screenshot for the insert the commercials, and it would say Lucha Libre <laughs> on the Spanish. But yeah, so yeah, so so yeah, it was. So we don't know. He might have actually seen some, you know. But anyway, it, yeah, that poll thing. Yeah, Memphis was notorious about. But that's the first time I ever saw the grab for the green on the pole. Was in Memphis in the the seventies. Actually, I used it when I booked uh, Gallatin, Tennessee, um, the uh, the spot where the baby face was in there with the two heels. The two heels get greedy, and they they hit the baby face down, they, and they start taking turns to go up, and they start pulling each other down. The, you know, then they start getting to you know they start getting to they get into it, they start beating this beating it up while the baby face uh, he's over selling. He crawls over and runs up and grabs it while they're beating the crap. Out of it. Now, from that, I got that from the seventies uh, Memphis uh, Coliseum tape, and I used it when I was booking in Galton back in the nineties. Anyway, getting back, I, getting, I get sidetracked. Um, so, uh, they go to the ring. It's Moondog Spot with Bruno. No graphic. There was no graphics at all for the managers again this week. Jerry Calhoun's referee gets Bucky Sigler. Um, Looked like Spot was wanting to, to jump him and they charged him and I guess Bucky looked up and they locked they locked up. Did you notice that? Yeah. Um, I also noticed that Bucky Siegler got a pretty decent reaction from the ladies in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, looks like he, he looks like he's trimmed up, too. He, he looks good. He looks good. Because, you know, the truth, I thought he was good. back Just remembering back from then and then since we started rewatching this now, I'm like, hey, he wasn't that good. But when I was a kid watching, I was like, hey, he's a pretty good wrestler. <laughs> and Spot seemed to be in a giving mood because he let Siegler shine early. Yeah, he had, yeah. Um, he took, I'm, uh, Spot's got a mandatory backdrop. In every <laughs> oh, yeah. He got it in. <laughs> yeah, he loved, I tell you, he, he, you can tell he's feeling good. Uh, he's bumping. He every not every even TV matches. He's he's bumping like crazy. You know, we've talked about last week with Jeff, Jarrett, and they was bumping everywhere. TV match. He's you know he's you can tell his spots really feeling good in this run because he's he's really working hard and bumping. He gave Sigler a lot. Um, the uh, the finish was a power slam. <laughs> it was though the it wasn't the regular power slam. It was like the what they call it the like the leaning tower Pisa. Power slam. <laughs> it, yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't a shoulder mount power slam. It's like you get them up in a body slam and you just go down with them. Um, real quick before we go back to that power slam, I do want to say that the Moon Dog hit a super kick. Did he? 
It, it was like a little thrust kick. And okay. There was no, yeah. no leg slap for noise, but I was like, yeah, he kicked him right, in the, you know, right under the jaw. They didn't have leg slaps back in, man. Come on. <laughs> no, they had, they had arm slaps, though. Yeah. Bob Eaton was wrestling. Yeah. Um, but no, so that surprised me, the flexibility of Moondog. Yeah, uh, he, but, he, he was, yeah. But in the power slam, uh, so it took him a second to go down. I'm thinking he wanted to go for the shoulder breaker, but Ziegler yeah. wouldn't get in position. Yeah. That's just my thought. Yeah, because I, I, I said it was an awkward-looking power slam. Um, yeah, I think he kept trying to get him there. Ziegler wasn't co- cooperating. He just goes, screw it, this will work. Yeah. And then, <laughs> after the pin, see, it, I counted like seven, six or seven seconds, and Ziegler was already up and getting out of the ring. I was like... Spot even got out of the ring yet. He's hard to getting up walking. I'm like, you know, Spot with- also grabbed his bone too. Seagull was probably like, no, he ain't beating me up. Yeah, because I was like, yeah, maybe. I was like, I'm supposed to be able to be a beat down and Jarrett make the save on this because he got up and got out of there <laughs> really fast. <laughs> we got we got plenty of saves the rest of the day. Oh though. gosh, yeah. So they cut to the break. <clears throat> uh, Lance is with the Evansville, Indiana card for Wednesday. June 24th, 1987, Amazon Coliseum. He plugs a Las Vegas roulette match uh, with Idle and Rich versus Lawler and Dundee. Ten-foot pole. Um, ten-foot poles tied to each ring post. And on top of the ten-foot poles, there will be a box on each one. And one box will have a coal miner's glove in it. Idle and Rich uh, have a match plug that's taped. And um, so they cut to it. Uh, Polly uh, says it's the end of the war. Then uh, Idol calls, uh, I guess it, does it, uh, he called somebody simpletons. And then Idol just went in. To me, Idol kicked it in gear. He was this, I think that when he was talking, he just, I don't know. To me, I mean, every week he's good, but man, he just seemed just, to me, that was good. Yeah, he was fired up, and, yeah. and he did what I, Idol has been doing. Put yourself um, up, make yourself strong. Yeah, uh, he, he said, you know, I can't believe Lawler signed the contract. When they told me he signed, I you know, I was in disbelief, blah, blah, blah. You know, and normally it's the other way around. Normally it's the heel backing away from oh, signing yeah. the contract, but it's his match, right? It's Las Vegas roulette. Yeah, yeah. but he, he's been, he's, he's, every one of his promos... I've been spot on, but something about this, and I don't know, he just really, I got a lot out of it. He just, he just, I don't know. I mean, he yells and stuff, but it just, I don't know. It's, it, 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 to me, it was coming across. He, did, he didn't do his normal Austin idolisms. There was yeah, no yeah. talking about how pretty he is, yeah. you know, or anything like that. It was just, you know, it's going to end Jerry Lawler. The war is over. Yeah, it was really Tommy good. Rich didn't say anything. He said, yeah, he did. Put on here. I said, Rich. <laughs> Rich went to talk, and and as soon as he started to talk, I don't started back up. And Rich says, either he says buffoons or baboons. I I I couldn't tell. I rewind it several times, but as soon as he went to talk, I don't started back up, and he called somebody some buffoons or he called them baboons. I don't know which one it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Uh... I think Austin Idol missed the memo or just took off the shirt of the matching shirts because uh, yeah. <laughs> Paulie and Tommy Rich are both wearing these snazzy short sleeve uh, 
button, uh, stripe button ups. I know. I was looking. I was like, "Where's your shirt at, Idle?" <laughs> I feel like I feel like Paulie got them for all three of them, and Idle's like, "That's stupid." Yeah, I was like, oh, "Ain't happening, buddy." <laughs> yeah, I saw that when they first they, they cut on. I was like, "They're wearing the same shirts." <laughs> oh me! All right, yeah, I got that on this like when I put it at the end um, that. I was making the gesture with the putting the glove on my hand and, and I put and then and they had matching shirts. <laughs> so I go back to studio, Lance is standing, uh, Jeff Jarrett's music hit. He comes out, talks about losing the Mid America belt back to spot. <laughs> he starts stumbling over his words and says <laughs> he says to Lance, Oh, I'm getting I'm getting a little cotton mouth. <laughs> I said I said Talk about studying yourself off on TV. <laughs> did, you, did you hear what he said? That? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, he got tongue-tied a lot in this promo. I, I know. Because he's been doing better. Well, last week he stumbled a little bit, but this show, he... But that was, well, he, even, he even did the thing that I think everybody does when they get tongue-tied and they can't get it out and they go, ah. Yeah. Even when he said cottonmouth, I was like, Dang! I was, I, was, I was like, well, your daddy owns a promotion. You ain't gonna get fired. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, like Memphis drug tested. Hey, but, you know, Lance is like, come on, Jeff, don't be saying that on here. <laughs> I <work> here. <laughs> you know that? No, Dave's probably going, come on now. I work here. <laughs> this is... <laughs> This ain't my, you know, I got a real job at the station. Come on, quit. They're going to, I got to hear flack from it. You didn't hear Cottonmouth <laughs> back in the 80s on TV, you know. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, me. Let's see. And, and, and no matter if it just means dry mouth, you immediately think that he was out back smoking Exactly. Lunch. I mean, what else? I mean, because, I mean, you would have said, man, I, you know. Dry throat or something. He said cotton mouth. Everybody knows. It's like, oh. <laughs> and it's a wrestler. So, I mean, it's like, oh. <laughs> okay. I done lost my place. <laughs> you know where we're at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. He, he, this promo was a lot of nothing. Yeah, it really um, was. <laughs> the, the, I feel like the first half of it was just him saying that he dedicates everything to the fans over yeah. and over and over. Yeah, he did. Um, he kept saying, yeah, just, it was, dude, he was high. It was obviously <laughs> high. Because he, he was stuttering over his words. He kept saying, thanking the fans. Yeah. <laughs> Let's protect ourselves. It is 2020. Allegedly. Allegedly. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm one of the most straightest people you'll see. But... If you think smoking marijuana is bad, you're stupid. Because if you can go buy beer or whiskey, it messes you up way more than smoking a joint does. So, that's my beliefs. <laughs> I'm not, I don't need to get pol political and all that, but I'm one of the most anti-drug people there is. But if you think smoking pot's bad, you're an idiot. Anyway, go ahead. And then the, I mean, really the only other thing in the promo... Um, he talks about how he's finally going to get his hands on Jack Hart today on TV uh, for all the stuff that Jack's done. Hey, hold on God, one second, all right? Hey, can you hold on one second? Mm-hmm. All right, we're back. Sorry about that little delay there. Yeah, but the second half of this promo was literally just, you know, Jeff saying that he's finally going to get his hands on Jack Hart 
today on TV. But this angle with him and Hart's dead. Yeah, that's what I understand. Yeah, it's, it's over a month old. Yeah, and they never really did anything with it, and, and it's like it's like they've had two angles. He's done an angle with Spot and Hart at the same time, but not doing nothing with Hart except for just interviews. Back in, they're they're going back and forth in interviews, not actually not getting not working. It's it's it don't make sense, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean and that goes straight into the match with with Jarrett and Hart with Dangerously out there, but. I don't know. There, I mean, there's nothing to it, just because it's, it's a month old. Yeah, yeah. And Hart jumps him, uh, pounds on him. Uh, I'm gonna add a little note here. Jack Hart's jumping punches looked weird. Do you see them jumping? Yeah. That's like what? It is. It was, it was different, but they look and it was just weird looking. They, they they remind me, and not not that they looked like them, but that they were weird and kind of like Bret Hart had weird punches to me. At times, yeah, he did. And, and so, the way he he obviously jumped with them, I, I guess, is what I'm, I'm talking about. Because Brett would jump with his, but yeah. he'd throw his to the side. Yeah. Um. They, yeah, they were strange. Yeah. I don't know what it was. And uh, Hart spent a lot of time in the eyes. Yeah. Eye yeah. rakes, eye pokes, eyes along the uh, top rope. Yeah. Yeah. He he didn't. You know, it's like that first week when him and Chick Dominic, I mean, they were wrestling machines, and it's like ever since then, it's like he might do two or three wrestling moves a match and rest his punch, kick, rake, cheat, he choke, you know. I, and in fact, I believe it was, it was two moves. It was a leg drop and a backbreaker. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, it. I, I, everything else was punches. Yeah. Yeah, so he, uh, he uh, Jared turns it around, uh, he starts making a little comeback. Polly feeds up on the apron. He bumps Polly. Um, Hart gets the heat back on him. Um, they do a double down. And we get a little double clothesline. Yeah, you didn't see a lot of double down, double clotheslines back then. Not, not on TV, especially. Yeah. yeah. You don't have time for a double down. No, you don't. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So then uh, Jared hits his bottle rocket drop kick. Uh, then Moondog runs in for the DQ, and I got a note here. Spot was late on the on his, on his run in because Hart didn't kick out, and Calhoun hit three. So yeah, I went, and, I it like, and commentaries covering, trying to cover the crap out of it. Yeah, but no, he pinned Hart. Yeah, he pinned him one, two, three. Because I I kept rewinding just to make sure, and yeah, he counted three. Moondog was he must have been finishing off the joint out back. Yeah, Jeff, here, hold this for me, Spot. Gotcha. <laughs> so it was a little late on that. TJ gets on Jarrett. Um, starts hitting him with the bone. And then I notice Hart gets up and starts selling in the corner. And I was like, Is he fixing to turn babyface? Because he got him DQ'd. You know, got, then I saw Jameis. <laughs> then I saw Jim Jameis come out to make the save. <laughs> and uh, Hart got him. And basically just grabs him, throws him, poop cans him out of the ring. And, poop uh, can. <laughs> Sorry, that got me. Poop can. <laughs> oh, poop, uh, yeah. Hey, I've changed my ways, man. I try. I, I've, cleaned <laughs> up my, I've cleaned up my act, man. <laughs> so, so Bruno's in the ring, and then Travis Starr come in and make the save, no contact. Uh, but yeah, for a minute, I thought, is Jack Hart going to turn babyface, you know? Hey, when, when 
when Jameson first ran out. I was like, Jameson about to clear house and be over? I knew that one. I, <laughs> so I, thought, I think I saw him come in. I was like, well, he's going to get hit by the bone, and then Hart's going to come in and get up in Spot's face. You know, yeah, I'm disqualified, but that didn't happen. Um, so they cut the break. We got a Lance with the Evansville card. Uh, do you want to give the rundown of the cards? Sure. Uh, let's see. First off, we've got a special challenge match. John Paul versus former referee Brickhouse Brown. We'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, out of place. <laughs> we have a wrestler's choice match, which is technically two matches. Uh, the first match will be a judo jacket match. Wait, can you explain what the heck a judo jacket match is? The truth, I'm trying to think. Because I remember, I'm thinking it's just they're in... Because uh, I hadn't seen one so long. I remember, I used to see him all the time as a kid. Cause I think, wasn't like Bob Armstrong, uh, wasn't he like a, like a, the master of the judo jacket match in Georgia, maybe? I think, sure. I, I think it's just... Because when I see Bob Armstrong, I think martial arts expert. Yes. You didn't know that? No. Watch some old old Georgia Georgia James and Bob Armstrong. Yeah. Well, I mean Tracy Smothers is also a martial art expert along with Stan Lane. So. Hey, where did Smothers learn that from the Armstrongs? There you go. Exactly. He was what was he, the fifth Armstrong or whatever? <laughs> Pretty much. And uh I think it's just a you 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 um You wrestle with a guillon? Yeah, you wrestle with yeah, with the guillon and I think you I think it you just do judo moves, I think. I, it's been so long. Um, uh, I'm about to, to get on YouTube <laughs> and um, look around at it. But as far as I can remember, I think that's what it is. Yeah, they put the jacket on and they basically just try to judo judo moves. No Judy chops though. Can't do no Judy chops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think they will sue you. Cause I'm thinking in Georgia didn't uh oh uh, man my mind just went blank. What was the guy? Not not see uh, uh not um, Saito, the one right before him. It did work the territories. Oh gosh, a little squatty Japanese guy. Just oh, my mind just went blank. Come on, I, come I have on. No idea. What was his name? But I think him and uh, him and Armstrong had a big uh, feud. It it. Um, and I think it uh, ended on in a judo jacket match. What was that Joker's name? He worked everywhere in the seventies and early eighties. Pac Song? No, not Pac Song. No, he this no Pac Song was like ten foot tall and two hundred pounds. He was like Korean Baba. <laughs> oh, I'll remember it later. Anyway, uh, so that's what a what I'm pretty sure the judo jacket match is. <laughs> Yeah, and then it would be followed by a boxing match. Is pitted Rocky Soulman Johnson versus Tojo Yamamoto. So they're next. Gonna, we have. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So they do the judo jacket match, and then they go into the boxing match. Right. I'm sorry, but that just don't sound too. It'd be different with somebody else, but Tojo. I mean, I don't. I want to see Rocky Johnson box Tojo because Rocky's about six three. Tojo's 5'3". <laughs> and 60 years old at this time. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a super fair match. I was saying, uh, I just, I, yeah, go ahead. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> next, we have a six-man ta elimination tag match. 
Billy Travis, Mark Starr, and Big Bubba versus Paul Diamond, Pat Tanaka, and Downtown Bruno. Then we have the Bone on a Pole match, Moondog Spot versus Jeff Jarrett. And here's a question that they've never answered the entire show. Is this for the Mid-America title? I'm assuming so. They never said. Yeah. Never said. And then finally, we have that great Las Vegas roulette match. Tommy Rich, Austin Idol versus Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee. The matches, like I said, I could do without the um, wrestler's choice. I, I mean, it'd probably be good if it would have been like Phil Higgerson instead of right. Joe in there. Which yeah, they so might somebody have, who you could actually believe could beat up Rocky Johnson. Which they might have actually did. You know what I'm saying? They might have did something yeah, with Phil, it. Phil's not on the card. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So it might have slipped. Maybe um, I have a feeling that uh, if he wasn't, if they didn't switch him out, hey, I'm sure he's involved in the finishes. Um, I'm tired. I, I I wouldn't want to see that six man again. Well, so I like that they threw the elimination on there because I guarantee it comes down to Bruno against the baby faces. Yeah. And it's, that's the only way it would yeah. make sense in my head. Yeah, but it's like every, like every match was a gimmick match, basically. I mean, the, the special challenge match, which we never get this challenge, by the way. Yeah. I, I think I think when they did the, wrote it down, everything's like, everything has a stipulation to it, except the first match. Just call it a special challenge, so it'll be a whole card of... Of, <laughs> of gimmick like, matches, yeah. <laughs> All right, so they come back to the studio. Lance and Dave's at the desk. Oh, my gosh. This went on for... You thought the big Bubba gimmick last week was long. This was even longer. So they start talking about bad refs and bad calls and all this and the stuff like that and how hard the refs' jobs are. And, and, they, they, shoot, and they shoot to a film of Frank Morrell not wanting to count, not wanting to lay down for a count. No, am I wrong? <laughs> no, that wasn't, no, we don't see Frank doing the count with his foot. <laughs> and um, and the, uh, just the, yeah, <laughs> Watch old, watch 90s Frank Morrell refereeing. It was, it was entertaining. <laughs> hey, watch 87 Frank Morrell refereeing. He went down, but very slowly and usually only once. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so they go to, it's Brickhouse Brown refing. Okay. He was in the territory in the spring, and then he disappeared. And. All of a sudden, he shows up as a referee. They don't go into detail. Later on, they do. So they kind of did this backwards, it seemed like, you know? Yeah. So, uh, they show clips of him refing a match with uh, Sheeman Hickerson against Lawler and Dundee. That's Miss I Call Sim. So this had to be the turn. This, um, this Southern was, title tournament? Yeah, Southern Tag Title Tournament. Um, so basically... Um, Brickhouse was doing the whole where he catches all the bay faces cheating, mainly Lawler, like catching the punch and that whole gimmick. And um, did they get it? Did they get into a shoving match during the match or was it after? Um, it wasn't even during. Uh, no, it was during the first match. I'm sorry. Um, it, it was after the match. So okay. every time Lawler would go to throw a punch, uh, Brickhouse Brown would catch him. He's being extremely strict on Lawler. Uh, the finish sees uh, the kendo stick come in the ring. Jerry Lawler intercepts it, 
and starts beating Seema with it. Oh, he's right in front of Brickhouse Brown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right in front of Brickhouse Brown. So, boom, Dundee for Lawler. Uh, DQ for Lawler, Dundee. Then Lawler and Brickhouse begin finger-punking and then shoving. And it just kind of ends there. Did Brickhouse take his shirt off? Referee shirt? Yeah. I believe he I believe he did on this one, yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. But I, I do like that they did a slow burn with this. So that's where it ends. Yeah. Later in the night, it's Jarrett and Bubba versus Shima and Higgerson. Uh, and Brown doesn't count the finish. Jarrett slams Shima off the top rope. As the time limit's about to expire, Brown doesn't go down for the finish. Leads to the time, li- time limit expiring, and the winner's decided by a coin flip. Yep, that's Memphis. And another little thing that I enjoyed, coin flip, never let the baby faces see, yep. raises the heel's hands. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so yep. it's getting a little a little more obvious, right? Because yep. they did a really good job of, he wouldn't see the heel's sheet, at least in the clips they showed at first. Yeah, yep. In the second, he didn't see the heel's sheet, but he's being a little more shady. Then we get to the singles match, Lawler and Idol. And uh, Brickhouse is getting a tad more handsy to the point of, you know, his blocking Lawler's punches beforehand. Well, uh, at this point, and I love this spot, actually. Lawler takes the arm. Idol just takes a phantom bump and starts saying he pulled his hair. (laughs) Brown questions him. Jerry says no. And Brown just gets a handful of hair and throws Lawler back. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that was tremendous. Yep. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, but then finally, Brown removes all doubt as if there's any left. Yeah. And just clotheslines the crap out of Jerry Lawler. Yeah. And, and leaves the ring. Yep. Did you notice when he's walking out, did, did a fan try to attack him? That was really blurry, so I, I didn't. I saw movement. Yeah, in the crowd. something happened when he was walking through the back down the aisle. Something happened, but that you could. From, yeah, from they, what I've been told about Brickhouse, that fan attacked him. That fan probably didn't make it out too well. Oh no, no, no! Uh, but sometimes you, like, you couldn't see it. The Coliseum uh, footage is usually always a little dark, and then, like I said, and then this is you know the typical eighty-seven footage that we've been getting, where it's not. You know, it's like third or fourth generation, so on top of the the bad um, lighting in the Coliseum. So we yeah, really, and this tape have probably been taped over ten times. Yeah, it's like I said, fourth generation at least. Well, uh, I'm talking about the tape that Jerry Jarrett was using. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was basically about... Day, you didn't have a tape library. You just recycled your stuff. It's about, so it was basically about 20th generation. <laughs> right. But yeah, so something happened. We couldn't see it, yeah. Okay. Now, here, here's the part that was weird to me. So Calhounian in street clothes, I thought that was a good touch. To replace Brown, uh, a su- shove fest goes on in in the interim, yeah, interim before we had a new referee. Uh, Idol hits pile drivers, introduces a chair, all yeah. this stuff. Calhoun replaces Brown. Uh, Calhoun and Idol get into it, and Lawler rolls up and wins via schoolboy. So I think that takes to me that takes the, uh, some of the heat off Brickhouse. For Lawler winning anyway, yeah, he o- he overcame everything. Oh yeah, because it's Lawler. Yeah, super Lawler. Yeah, o- overcomes a haircut, overcomes statutory rape charges. No, Superman. Vroom. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, overcomes, I, overcomes dying on national TV. I mean, yeah. he really can't be beat. Yeah, I, I did notice that too. It's like uh, you, you know, yeah, Law still should be mad, but he still come out on top, and he's been chasing Idol forever for that belt, and he finally did it. So why is he? Yeah, he should be a little mad, but hey, I just you know overcome it. Oh, you know. Like everything else, I overcome. So yeah, I think it. Yeah, him going over took took away the heat. I thought. Yeah, I, I think so. I thought so too. Yeah, yeah, I didn't understand that. But we come out of that video into a stand-up interview with Brickhouse Brown, and Brickhouse Brown is coming out looking mighty fine. He's suited up. He's yeah. got some jewelry on. Oh yeah, he's looking good. Wearing some sunglasses inside because he's hung over from the night before. I'm just assuming. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! <laughs> he talks. He talks, and so basically, he goes into explaining where he, you know, he he was there in the spring. He was on a good winning streak, and then they said they didn't want to use him as a wrestler no more. They want to use him as a referee. But the only thing about that story is that I think he left in April. I think it was the last show he was on. I think, um, and this is June. And this is the first time he's reffing, so not really a good... <laughs> and, not... if I remember right, he left in April, but, like, last time we saw him on TV, I think he lost. Yeah. So, so that 10-win streak. Yeah. 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 That's Memphis. They don't, you know, hey, they don't remember. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, then he starts talking about how, you know, they he started refereeing everything, and um, he talks about... <laughs> um, They wanted to finish out his contract as a ref, so he moved his family to Memphis. <laughs> and I put a note. I've heard a few stories about people moving their family to Memphis and then getting fired. So that, and that I'm, that's shooting on that. Yeah. Oh, Mike, oh, sure. awesome. Mike Awesome moves his family to Florida. Next week, he gets fired. Oh, really? Yeah, Jerry Jarrett fires him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tim and Chris Tramp is writing a, in a program, and he moved he moved his family up. Because Chris told me, he said, "Man, he said he got he got done dirty." He said, and he, and he told me, and it's happened to several guys." He said, "He said, yeah, because he, he knew him from you know, you know, he's a Florida boy, and they're both Florida boys. So he, you know, he moved up there and everything, and <laughs> he says a week later he he fired him, you know." And after them, and they said Jerry, Jerry, he asked Jerry, Jerry said, before my family, do I have a job? You know, and he said, yeah, yeah, move him on up. You, you're going to be here. And fired him next week. Good old Jerry Jarrett. Well, Lawler was probably like, I ain't taking that power bomb. <laughs> I don't think he had it. He wasn't doing the power bomb then, I don't think. Gotcha. He might have. Well, that was in the day was 90, so yeah, it probably was. And he had that sweet mullet even back then. Oh, yeah, baby. Mike Austin. <laughs> All right. Um, then uh, Randy Hales, uh, oh, um, uh, Brookhouse Brown says he's got a contract with AWA to, to ref uh, more matches. Out comes Hales and says he's not going to ref any more matches. Then <clears throat> Lance, which I don't think this, Lance had to save this. Because Randy, Randy Hales just comes out and says, you, you, uh, he goes, Randy Hales comes out and says, you're, you're not going to be reffing any matches, but you're going to be wrestling again. Then Lance saves it by saying, 
we're on, they're they're going to honor your contract and just and let you uh, uh, wrestle out your, the rest of your contract. Because Hales wasn't going to say that. He's going to say, you're not going to ref, ref, but you're going to wrestle, you know. Didn't explain that, you know, you still got your contract, but you're going to have to, you know. So Lance basically kind of covers it up where Hales didn't really go into detail. Yeah, Lance, Lance did a good job of, uh, of, of working on his feet there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Brickhouse says he's still going to be a ref. Lawler comes out, starts going off on him, and calls him a boy. <laughs> he calls Brickhouse a boy. <laughs> Brickhouse goes, he tells Lawler, I got your boy. <laughs> yeah, and hey, you know, I, I, I don't know if that was the cue of when he wanted Brickhouse to fire up or if that was just it going. But man, it, it was good. It was good because Brickhouse showed the fire. Yes. I don't understand how Lawler's the babyface in that situation. I know. I was like, I was like, yeah. But, but I think we've already established that Lawler's a pretty terrible babyface. Yeah, in the late '80s, yes, he was. Yeah, but yeah, I was just like, man, yeah, it's like he said, I got your boy. Yeah, and um, finally, Brickhouse leaves. Lance pitches to the ring uh, for the third match of the day of Lawler Dundee. Versus Rough and Ready Boss Winners. Uh, Lawler and Dundee jump. Rough and Ready at the beginning. Uh, Lawler and Dundee ain't on the same page as I think uh, Dundee was going to do the corner to corner whipping train wreck. And Lawler went to the middle of the rope with his guy. You notice that? Yeah, yeah. And it just ended up being shoot, punch, shoot, punch. Dundee hits a body slam. And then we get tandem fist drops. Yeah, both of them, come on, hit, both of them hit the atomic fist drop. Which is Lawler's finish when he for job matches on TV. So kind of, you can tell Dundee's never did it before. You see, like, he didn't land on his knees. Yeah, he didn't land his knees. So yeah, and it was eight. Match goes eighteen seconds, and we only got one strike. That's exactly what I got. I said, I said, <laughs> I said all four was in the ring at the at the time of the pin. And it was all of 18 seconds, and we got one strut for the day. Thank goodness. They cut the break, come back to Lance. Oh, here comes gold. <laughs> yeah, baby. I'll let you have this one, mate. I, 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 I've laughed too much during this. I'll let you take this one. Uh, we got our stand-up interview with Phil Hickerson and Tojo Yamamoto. Now, I, I'm not going to cover much of what Tojo says because you can only understand half of it. <laughs> Uh, Higgerson is out now. I, am, am I right in the tights he's wearing with the hearts on the side? Those are his tights from him and Condry, right? Yes, they are. Okay, because I watched some old uh, Condry and uh, Higgerson that I found. I hey, uh, I realized something. Phil Higgerson never got rid of any of his gear. Never. Smart man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but Higgerson, instead of wearing his ball cap out this week, <laughs> he's wearing a, a Japanese headband, uh, looking like the Karate Kid. Um, <laughs> he probably picked it up at the mall. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, he probably did. Or it's one of it's one of Tojo's old ones or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying I don't, uh, I don't see Phil hanging out at the mall much. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so Tojo, the only thing I, I will get put in that Tojo said, Tojo is forming a new company, the Imperial Japanese Wrestling Corporation. Yep. And Higgerson is now his personal bodyguard. <laughs> So we get Phil talking. Well, he called him something. Hold on. 
He said he's uh, his. Um, oh, uh, his yakuza. Yakuza, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his yakuza, which is the Japanese mafia. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was gonna say, ain't that the the mafia that sits on the front row of the shows? <laughs> yeah. Um. So Phil goes to talk, and uh, he talks about how you know. Again, Phil's doing this for the money. Yeah. Like he's been flat out about it. He said uh, Tojo promised him money. And Tojo paid him that money, and he also gave him five Geisha girls to take care of everything back at the apartment. But at the apartment up in, in Jackson, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> but the best part of this, and you know, he, he goes on to say that, you know, so I'm his personal bodyguard. Wherever you see Tojo, you better be looking for me, blah, blah, blah. And then he offers Lance to come over this afternoon. For a massage for one of these geisha girls, because if you think an American girl knows how to do it, you don't know anything about these Japanese girls. I'm losing it. <laughs> I know I was dying laughing. <laughs> like two two things about it. One, him asking Lance because is is prim and proper as Lance is. You know, Lance is turning red. And two, I'm just imagining Phil in like the most southern, you know, country town apartment. And that's, you know, rednecked up, I guarantee it. With with these five random geisha girls coming around. But it's so funny because his delivery, that's what makes it the best part is the way he talks and comes off. It's like it's just coming off, you know, it just... Oh, it, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> yeah, Phil, Phil wasn't. Phil was never playing a character. No. Phil was Phil, and yeah. it's tremendous. Oh gosh. It, oh god, I loved it so much. <laughs> um, so then we get to our match. So yeah, so basically because he's his personal bodyguard, Tony Burton's been giving Tojo problems. So now Phil's going to give him a problem. We get yeah. to our match: Phil Hickerson versus Tony Burton. Did you see Tony Burton's nice American flag jacket? I did. You can barely see. Tell me a couple times. Like, I was like, he's got a new jacket. I was like, I guess he got rid of the Coca-Cola jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Too many people showing up on the shoot job. Yeah. Hickerson <laughs> uh, takes a beautiful hip toss yes. early on. Yes. But then it's time to play my favorite game in wrestling. Hide the chain. Oh, Phil was a master. Phil was a master <laughs> at it. Now, this match didn't go long, so we don't get a lot of time to actually play hide the chain. You know, we just get some, some. I think he started in the eyes and then wrapped it around the throat. Yeah. Um, Phil goes to hide it. The rest trying to find it. While the rest trying to find it, we get the obligatory Japanese heel throwing salt in the baby face's eyes. Yep. And then a ugly schoolboy for the finish. Yeah. I think he wanted to try. I think he was going to go for a small package, and he's like, ah, uh, no, schoolboy. <laughs> I don't know what they was trying to do at first, and then he just said, ah, schoolboy. <laughs> So we, we get this, and then uh, Rocky Johnson comes out to be a stooge and, t- and tell on Tojo. Uh, before, but he catches a uh, kendo stick for his trouble. Or goes to catch a kendo stick. Yeah. He, he literally catches it. He, yeah. he catches it before it can make contact with him. And, uh, yeah, starts wearing out Tojo. And Phil. Uh, yeah, and Phil. Until Shima comes out, that is. Even Ziad. Odds, uh, he had a stick of his own. But then Billy Travis and Mark Starr make the save. They're the heroes of today's episode. Yeah, yeah, save number two of the day. 
and they randomly have a kendo stick. No, 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 he didn't. I rewound it because that's what I thought. Okay, did somebody drop one? Travis grabbed Tojo's out of his hand because Tojo had his back okay. to him. He grabbed and then he popped Tojo with it. Yeah, yeah. So on commentary, they they say you know. Billy Travis with his own kendo stick. Yeah. And I'm like, are, are they just giving him out? Yeah, that's what I thought too. That's why I'm rewinding. I was like, that don't, that'd be stupid of them coming in. So I rewinded. it. I was like, well, how do you get this? And I noticed Tojo had it. And he, to, had, you know, said Tojo kind of had his side to him. And Travis grabbed real fast and just popped him with it. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and they, and they got out of Dodge and we go to break. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm glad you rewound it because I did not. And I was actually a little hot. Cause, you know, yeah, because I was like, why would they have their why would they have their own kendo, kendo stick? Yeah, and I learned the hard way you don't rip on somebody else's gimmick. Yeah. Um I, I took Tim Ernesto's saw one night. Oh and then I yeah, and then I got it back. <laughs> and it hurt. Oh yeah, you don't grab somebody's gimmick unless they tell them to. Unless they tell you to grab it, you know, to get it. Yeah, and that's exactly what he said to me afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> uh we get our final local promo. Um I don't think I even wrote down anything down. Hold on. Mm, I don't think I did. It's oh, not, yeah, it's not that's right. It was Lawler. It was Lawler and Dundee come out there. That's right. Here it is. I got it right here. Lawler and Dundee come out for their. They uh, plug in the match. Uh, they. Uh, it's a good. It's good interview because they. They don't tell any bad jokes and and they and they wasn't trying to be d bags. Yeah, and, and Dundee has the, the good line of, you know, he references a couple times of, hey, it's Lady Luck. Yeah. And uh, he, and he, he even plays off Lance saying, well, you know, three of the uh, boxes don't have anything in it. That'd yeah. be a bad feeling to come up there and get that. And he's like, well, I really didn't think about that, yeah. Lance. I guess it would be a bad feeling. Yeah, but, you know, the way they've been acting, you know, it, it, I was actually shocked they went out there and was actually, you know, gave us serious and what. They actually like baby faces. Yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah, they actually like Bayface in that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, two notes. Lawler's hair looks terrible here, and I don't feel bad about it. Because <laughs> it's, it, it looks decent when it was, a, you know, like, kind of like a, about a crew cut. But, you know, when it was shorter and he was putting some product in it. Yeah. But now it's in that awkward stage, and I'm glad he looks stupid. Yeah. Um, and I, so apparently this match is stocked when you're busted open. So it's also it's technically a first blood match. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah that's what they said. It's so kind of like okay. Yeah, so they, it's, it's, the, it's the first time that's getting brought to our. It's opinion. one of those Memphis things where they, they you know you learn about you learn is every time they <clears throat> sorry about that every time they uh, go do the rundown you learn more stipulations of each match each time they do a rundown. <laughs> yeah. Later in the show it goes the more you learn about it. So they come back. Um, Lance standing, Travis Starr and Bubba come out. Uh, Star and Travis got the Southern Tag Belts. Billy short, talks short, sweet, to the point. Star short, even shorter and to the point. And then Bubba talks for a while. Um, basically talking about Bruno. Uh, uh, let's see. Then they, yeah, basically, I didn't really write much down. Basically, about when Bubba was talking, just basically. He talked about Bruno. Uh, they go to the ring for the uh, uh, eight-man. Uh, Travis Starr, Johnson, and Bubba versus Diamond, Tanaka, Yamamoto, and Shima. Shima and uh, Starr start out. Uh, 
Tojo stays on the floor the majority of this match. Mm, no, he was on the apron. At the beginning, Cause he's, the match is going on, and he's just standing he, there. Because he stood right, he was right in the middle of the ring on the apron, right in front of the hard camera. <laughs> I was like, you're right in the middle of the hard camera, Tojo. You gotta move somewhere. <laughs> I was wondering why he was staying down there. I thought he was just like, I can in the smash here and say. Well, he didn't, really. I mean, he never did. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest, it, it wasn't much, like, I didn't. There wasn't much to write home about in the, in the actual match, in the end ring. No, because basically um, it was all about the Bubba and, and Bruno thing. Because Bubba chases Bruno out through the studio, through the back. And uh, and we get a roving camera behind him, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, um, something I did really enjoy, and it was very early on, when Shima tags out to Tanaka, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, you can tell Shima's been been working a lot of Memphis because he does the old thing where he whispers in Tanaka's ear something and then gets out of the ring. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, something about that, I was like, ah, he's learning Memphis. Um, like, the longer we the longer we go, it was a, the more Memphis Shima is. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of shine and then uh, they go back to Bruno. Uh, well, actually, Guy Coffee comes up and Oh yeah, we got a guy coffee appearance. I forgot yeah. that. Hey, sorry. You can hear him saying something to Lance. Uh, you can't really hear him saying something. Lance says that Bubba's got uh, he's got Bruno trapped in the back. So they cut away from the camera. They go back there, and Bubba's beating on the door. Bruno's locked himself in a, in a it says a dressing room. So Bubba's beating on the door and everything. So finally, they tell Bubba to leave. They cut back to the ring. They're getting now. They they got the heat on uh, Travis. So they finally started getting some heat. Uh, so they got it sometime during the cutaway. And then Bubba comes back to the ring, and then uh, I didn't really put much down for the match. And then they cut back to the back. They show Bruno looking out the door. Uh, he sneaks out of the door and sneaks out of the studio. Uh, then they cut back to the ring, and Lance says that running out of time, they ring the bell. And ring the bell right as Travis is the sunset set flip. flip. Yeah, right as the sunset flip. It rings the bell. They cut so they cut the break and that's all. So whoever recorded this did not record the, the closing of the show with Lance and Dave. So um so that sucked. We didn't have the you know well it's usually just the rundown, but every now and then you know they'll pick throw a little something in there, you might get a lance in or something, but you know. Anyway, um I got notes. I'll let you give your thoughts and some notes and stuff. I'll let you go first. Sure. Uh, so, uh, again, I'll just go down the car. So, Moondog Spot looks great, working hard. Uh, glad I'm getting to see this version of the Moondogs. I saw WWF Moondogs, and then I'm familiar with the early to, to mid-90s Moondogs. Yep. So, seeing Moondog Spot in this shape and this motivated, I'm enjoying. Yeah. Uh, Hart versus Jarrett, I, I wish, A, I wish it, it had been done when this angle first happened. Yeah. But B, I just wish we could get footage of a arena match with him and Hart wasn't just trying to be ultra heel. I, I guarantee he's got a talk or two, but just a match between those two guys could have been really good because they're really two good athletes and real good workers. Yeah. Um, I'm glad Lawler and Dundee was short <laughs> because just the attitude they've had lately 
Higgerson and Burton was short, but extremely entertaining. Um, because as soon as I saw him digging into the tights, I'm like, here comes Hyde the Chain. Mm-hmm. And we got that great promo from Higgerson. Yep. Uh, Amen Tag was what it was, was further an angle. Um, and the Brickhouse Brown stuff is a little confusing, but I'm excited to see Heel Brickhouse, because I believe when he's in the territory last, or when he's on TV last, he's a babyface. Yep. Um, and I grew up on mid '90s Brickhouse Brown. Um, you know him and Reggie be fine, mm-hmm. and they entertained the T total heck out of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to see we kind of are starting to see the beginnings of that, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah. All right, is that all you got? Yeah, that's all I got. All right, all right. I got uh, here's some notes. I got Bucky Siegler uh, did a little better this week. Still real green and awkward. Uh, they pushed that Las Vegas match, Las Vegas Roulette match, hard, hard sell on the uh, Evansville um, car, uh, lineup uh, rundown. Hey, man, if you're going to make me climb a 10-foot pole, there better be a sellout. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Jack Hart is definitely on his way out. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Hey, he wasn't on the Evansville card. Uh, Paul Eve took a bump on... Uh, on studio TV, which is rare, but he's hardly ever on studio TV, so him actually being on studio TV is rare. Uh, the episode card had no, like I said, no Jack Hart, no Shima, no Tony Burton. Uh, the international tag and the southern tag champions all in a six man. Uh, neither of those titles have been defended in over a month. Um, Rocky Johnson Tojo match, like I said, that makes sense. Um, they really pushed this Brickhouse angle because it was about 20, month, 20 minutes long. It's even longer than the Bubba kidnap angle. So, um, obviously, they, they, they've got some big plans for it. Uh, this uh, Lawler and Dundee uh, got on here that last week's match should have been this match with Rough and Ready because there was no comedy this week. And last week, it was all comedy. Uh, they should have switched the opponents around. Uh, because they had the international champions and that was all comedy and, and, and everything. Um, after the Bubba push last week, uh, kind of been in the sixth man again, kind of, I don't know, it, to me it kind of seemed like a letdown. Um, it's like, where do we go from here? Uh, maybe they had somebody planned to come in. Uh, maybe they didn't show up or something because it's kind of just odd to put them back in a sixth man with actually Bruno being in there. But I guess they um I don't know what was going on with that. Uh, Phil Hickerson, gold. Uh, worked the chain, awesome. Cameraman missed the salt. Uh, been a long time since we've seen a match on Memphis TV where you had uh, working the chain and the salt in the same match. Um, let's see. Eight man on TV, typical eight man. Uh, I don't think Rocky Johnson should have been in the match because he took a beat down the match before. Somebody should have subbed for him. Uh, oh, when they cut the break after Jeff Jarrett got beat down um, by the Moondog with the bone, and when they go to the little jingle on the when they cut the break, he pops right up and runs over to the uh, to the announcer's desk, non-selling. Do you see that? Yes. Yeah. Um, that's about all I got. Overall, it was a good show. I mean, it was all right. It had five matches. Uh, nothing really right home about except for the uh, uh, Brickhouse Brown angle. It's gonna be interesting to see where they go with that. Uh, we've got about 30 seconds. Anything else you want to add? Nothing for me. All right, folks. Uh, we'll get this up as soon as possible. And um, thank everybody for listening. 
For Jeremiah Plunkett and Quint Carrizza, hey, that's me. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Bye-bye, everybody.